Hey, it's Pastor. I am so excited you could join us uh, as we hear and listen to the Word of God. And I'm always hoping and praying that He's going to specifically guide your life and give you the hope and the peace that you cannot give to yourself. He is the power every time He promises to work through this Word. If He has worked in your life, we want to hear about it. Please email us, let us in, encourage us uh, by emailing office.amazinglove at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry, make messages like this ongoing, uh, go to our giving tab online or download the app. Go to the app store and search Amazing Love Luther. But now, may you continue to grasp how wide, high, and deep and long is the love of Christ in this for you. Thank you. If you can hear this message, listen closely. To the exiled misunderstood or upside down this is your message of hope when problems come use them when enemies persecute you love them these struggles are a fire refining you into gold look around you are not forgotten you are not alone challenge what is expected of you this world is not your home. You are different. Dear friends gathered at Amazing Love, there is glory and honor in being chosen. I remember my sophomore year of high school, I was chosen to be part of the show team. Show team was an acronym standing for Students Helping Others. And in high school, I got to play hooky endorsed by the school. What they did, they drew me out of class so that I could go to other Lutheran grade schools and warn them about the dangers of drugs and alcohol and encourage them on good, clean fun. And what was great is while my buddies were sitting in class, they would call my name, I'd scurry out of there. <laughs> You're sick. What was great is that while they were eating at the cafeteria, what was notorious for being bad, I mean, we had the worst cafeteria ever, uh, so bad that, that the best thing they had were loaves of bread with peanut butter and honey, and with nothing else, that's all you ate was peanut butter and honey. All through high school, this was my experience. Well, well as my friends had that, I was eating Big Macs at McDonald's because I was part of the show team. It was fantastic. I was one of two sophomores chosen, and there was glory and honor to be part of that team. I consider other times I was chosen for something significant. If you've been at Amazing Love for nine years, you're sick of this story. But uh, if you're new, this is, this is true. <laughs> How awesome to be chosen to be a contestant on The Price is Right. I remember being chosen to start a church in the Frankfurt, New Lenox area. And it was called in. They say you're going to start a mission here. And, and just the, the wonder, the glory, the honor of being chosen. So i got to ask you, what have you been chosen for? Uh, I'm real curious. This one isn't very glorious, but maybe there's honor here. Has anyone been chosen for jury duty? Jury duty? I, I was watching the news, and President Obama, who is you know, former president, going to come back and serve as a juror. Um, I, I was uh, looking at the World Series, and maybe you saw the World Series Houston Astros won. Uh, a big integral part was uh, this guy, uh, Carlos Carrera, who was chosen number one draft pick of 2012. But did you see who he chose? Anyone see what he did? He was being interviewed, and as he was being interviewed, he chose to, to get the spotlight away from him and onto this lady, Daniela Rodriguez, and she did say, I do. But what have you been chosen for? 
Uh, I don't know if you ever got a phone call that you won something significant. Uh, I don't know if the boss has ever called you in and said you're chosen for the promotion. That's a good day. I don't know if you remember uh, someone calling a guy or a gal choosing you for the date. It's, it's good to be chosen. There's glory and honor there. Well, we're here to consider the things of God and welcome once again to Amazing Love. And if you're new to this place, uh, we just want to remind you you're welcome here. You don't have to have it all together. No one here does. Uh, you can have quick questions about Christianity. That's okay. You can kick the tires of the church to see if anything is good here. Just welcome to this place. But here's what I think you should know about God. And it's something we're going to consider. God has chosen you. God has been calling you. God wants to woo you and win you to know his goodness and his grace. He's been aligning, he's been orchestrating the events of your life, so maybe you'd be struck by the message of Jesus, who I get to proclaim to you today. We're in this place that he's calling your name once again. I consider what an awesome day today. We have some baptisms today. We have the baptism of Amelia Hope Pratt. This is something we rejoice about. God using these waters as a washing of rebirth and renewal to, to mark this child, to choose this child to be his very own. It's a beautiful thing that we're going to celebrate pretty soon. But God has also chosen you. I'm reminded of Luther's words about the work of the Holy Spirit. Luther, he put it this way. He said, the Holy Spirit, he's called me, chosen me by the good news of the gospel. And this is more significant than being a contestant on The Price is Right. More significant than when someone chose your hand in marriage, this is the best calling that you and I have received, to be called by Jesus' side for salvation. And this is for you. So we're going to consider that today. And we're in this series called Different, and if you've been joining us in the past weeks, we've been looking at the book of 1 Peter. And, and something you should know about the book of Peter, he uses the word called and calling and chosen quite a bit. And so we're going to get into it and see exactly what he's calling us for, for salvation. But what we'll see is he's also calling us to have a different standard in this world. To look a little bit different once again, and that's what we'll consider uh, the lesson, I'm going to encourage you to follow along up here uh, because I'm missing a few verses in the worship folder, so please follow along up here. It says, you are a chosen people. So again, you're chosen. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. I'm reminded this past week how relevant the word of God actually is. Uh, I'm just going to pause here because as he says, you want to look different in this world? Honor the emperor. <laughs> Honor those in charge. That will be different according to God's word that I still think has relevance for us today. But anyway, I digress. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers Fear God, honor the emperor. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example 
that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. This is the word of God. We hear what we're called to, a different standard, a different calling. Could you turn to someone next to you and tell them, you've been chosen to shine. You've been chosen to shine. Chosen to shine. This past week was the annual Get to Know Your Neighbors celebration, which was also called trick-or-treating. Anyone go trick-or-treating? Yeah. And I don't know what your subdivision was like, but for me and our subdivision, uh, the, the most common costume had to be superhero. A superhero of some sort. Did anyone see? How about this? Raise a hand if you dressed up as a superhero or you knew someone who did. Okay, yep. Um, I was doing a little bit of Facebook stalking about our church family, and I saw one awesome family, the Bosleys, let me share this. This is their awesome, John looking good, man. I love it, Green Lantern. I had permission to, to use them and embarrass it, but uh, this is awesome. And, and, and I think of this because who doesn't want to be a superhero? I know I do, right? I want to be known as Superman or Spider-Man. I remember writing this sermon from my Spider-Man mug. And and it reminds me, we just have a culture that fascinates with superheroes, right? We have the the new movie, Thor, that is out. Uh, We're going to have the Justice League being released. And and we all want to think that underneath our normal clothes, there is that Superman S in all of us, right? We, We want to be known as super. But what happens and what do we do when we're not known for being super? What happens and what do we do when we actually have a bad reputation, when we're not known as Superman, but, but not super at all. Can we talk about that? Because that's what the Christians were dealing with at Peter's time. They weren't known for being super people. They were being known for being outcasts, for being countercultural, for being kind of weird. Let me explain what was going on. Nero was persecuting them. Nero burned parts of Rome, and he said the Christians did it. And so in the mass media of the day, they were being misrepresented. Okay? I don't know if you can relate to that. And then they were being misunderstood by those who were not part of the Christian community. Some of them thought they were cannibals. And the reason they were thought of as cannibals because they would always talk about drinking blood and eating flesh, and, and people didn't know what to make of that. Right? The Lord's Supper reference. Um, also, they were known for actually doing bad sins uh, in the name of grace. And, and so in, in one example, they had an incestuous relationship, which they thought was, okay, grace lets us do that, right? And so it was actual, their own failing that led to misrepresentation, that led to this bad connotation. Well, we fast forward about 2,000 years, and you ever pause and wonder, what is the perception of Christians today? Is it possible that, like them then, we're misrepresented sometimes in media? Is it possible that that we're misunderstood by those who just look on from outside? And is it possible that sometimes we have our own real failings? And so, what are Christians known as today? How about this? Hypocritical. Have been labeled that? Judgmental. Self-righteous. Unloving. Bigots. And what do we do when our name is anything but super. 
What is the solution past the connotation that maybe even our society holds when it comes to Christians? Well, this is what Peter is going to let us know how to solve. And I would consider these words with you. Look what he says. He says, dear friends then, I urge you to live as foreigners and exiles. If you were here a couple weeks ago, we talked about this. We talked about being a house guest. And if you've ever been a, a guest in a house, you know that you probably were careful about what you were doing. Didn't want to leave a mess. You weren't too comfortable. Rather, you were intentional. God says live intentional in this world. Don't get too comfortable. You're a stranger. You're a foreigner. You're an exile. But he also says, live such good lives. Now, literally, that was translated, have beautiful behavior. I like that. Have, have beautiful behavior. Your behavior should look beautiful to everyone who is looking on. And I think Peter is saying this is the solution for a bad name. So here's the first takeaway for today. I believe that you and I are called to beautiful behavior as a solution for a bad name. And you consider what Peter doesn't write. He doesn't say you have a bad name. Well, you need to blog about it. You know, that's what they made Facebook for. You got to just write a whole big thing about your opinion and your standpoint and why you're right. He, he didn't say to tweet. He didn't say to be verbose. He just said act. Do. Be. This beautiful behavior. I consider some other wise words. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he said this. He said, your actions speak so loudly I cannot hear what you are saying. I think this is a good epitome of what God is calling us today. You don't have to say anything. You just do it. You just do it. I consider uh, President Theodore Roosevelt, uh, maybe you know his uh, foreign policy. He said, speak softly and carry a big stick. And while he was considering military prowess, what God is saying is you should consider this in this activity that you're doing, that you're known for. And have you ever known someone who is epitomized by their beautiful behavior? Well, let me test you. Do you hear what J.J. Watt did this last year? Anyone hear of J.J. Watt? So he was in Houston, a Houston Texan. And uh, Harvey struck, and rather than just saying, you know, I care about Houston, and I care about those who are hurting, he did something. He started a fundraiser, and his goal was to raise 200000 But when the fundraiser ended, you know how much they raised? $37 million, right? This is a man who didn't have to, again, verbose say, I care about what's going on. I want to help the needy. No, he just did it. And so I dream of a community to be that same, same way. And, and if you're here today, wouldn't it be cool to build a community called Amazing Love where we weren't verbose saying, we love everyone, and everyone's invited, and we want to help the needy. What if we were just known for doing those things? For when whoever comes, we just show genuine, heartfelt love, and we say, welcome. You're welcome in this place. We hope that you're helped today. What if in saying, we care about the needy, we want to help, we just do it. Donating to the pantry, being good neighbors in our community, praying for those who are hurting, picking up and doing what we can. We can't do everything, but we can do something. This is what I believe Christians should be known about. In fact, another pastor, uh, he said the connotation of Christians should be like this, that other people who, who may not believe what we believe, they should still say, you know, I may not believe what Christians believe, but I want to hire as many as I can. I want them to be my neighbors, and I want my daughters to, de- to marry them because they're just... They're known for beautiful behavior. This is what we should be. But then I consider the goal, and I consider where I am, and that's the rub for me. Because I'm a pastor, and I bear the name. And I should be known for beautiful behavior. 
But I would tell you if you walk with me long enough, at one point or another, I will disappoint you. Maybe I shouldn't just beat myself up. Maybe it's true with you. That we should be known for beautiful behavior, especially if you're a Christ follower. But if I walk with you long enough, will I always see it? You know, we're real with sin in this place. We're real with the fact that we don't have it all together. That we're still broken. That we're still Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at times. And so can I give you a greater solution again? I want to point to what true beauty is like. And true beauty has a name. His name is Jesus. See, Jesus, when he was insulted by people, he didn't respond with insults. He didn't go blog about it or tweet about it or Facebook post about it. He didn't respond. When, when Jesus was suffering at the hand of his enemies, he didn't threaten them as the almighty God. Rather, he just said, Father, forgive them. When Jesus was being judged unjustly by Pilate, by a kangaroo court, he didn't try to defend himself. Rather, he knew he was going to fall into the hands of the true judge, his father, who was perfect. So he didn't do any of that. And Jesus' most beautiful action is the cross for our salvation. And it's this cross where we trade our ugly for his beautiful. On this cross, we trade our earthly rags for heavenly riches. On this cross, we trade our identity as outcasts to those who have been called and chosen by God Most High. Jesus' beautiful activity, his beautiful behavior is the power of this place, is the gospel that we proclaim. That's what Peter was writing about even in the midst of all of this. He said, when they hurled insults at him, what did he do? He didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Also, we could be set free and known as beautiful. So our highest calling, I don't think, is to point to you and I. Our highest calling is, hey, look at me. No, it's, hey, look at that. This is the next takeaway, that we hold out Jesus' beautiful behavior as our true source of beauty and our way, and the way for all people. That's the power of this place. Can't prop myself up too high. Can't prop up yourself too high. Rather, we prop up the name of Jesus is truly beautiful. But he does say be an example. I don't know if you read that in there. He does say follow in my footsteps. That yes, he's primarily Savior, but then he's going to show us the way. So we need to talk a little bit more uh, about how we can have some beautiful behavior. So, so let's continue the discussion. Um, if you've ever been in sports, sometimes you know what to do based on the name that's assigned. For example, if you're a forward in hockey or in soccer, that means that you're usually at the front usually an offense. If you're a midfielder, it means you stay in the middle, right? And if you're a goalie, what do you do? You defend the goal, right? You know what to do based on the name that was given to you. If you're a catcher, you catch the ball, right? If you're a pitcher, you pitch the ball. That, that's just simple. And sometimes, you know, that helps us understand who we are, what to do. Um, well, I was struck this past week as doing some Google searching about people who had one job, one identity, and who didn't do it very well. So let me just show you a few examples of this. Um, there was uh, this guy, who is obviously the logo creator, uh, who did not get that right. Uh, or, or this one, a ruler has one job to do. It is not going to help you to have two 11s, kind of like our clocks, which are not, don't look back. Anyway, our clocks do not tell the time. Um, look at this guy. I don't know if you ever stocked the shelves. It's a lot of juice, but it's not bacon. Um, love this uh, as we talk about superheroes. 
do some more comic book study, I think. And I think this is my favorite, because this is the College of Architecture and Planning. <laughs> they have done either good architecture or... You had one job to do, right? Well, again, sometimes you know what to do. Uh, based on the title given you, a ruler should measure stuff. A sign person should get the sign correct. And, and my point is, when you remember who you are, you'll know what to do. So, so goalie defense goals, these people, okay. So, so what we have today is some titles given us, and they help us understand, then, what we should do. And I want to give to you the titles that Peter was giving. He said, you are both royal and a priesthood and God's special possession. I want to talk about those three, that we're royal, that we're a priesthood, and that we're God's special possession. Now, first of all, royal. Now, who doesn't want to be considered royal? Because what does royalty have? Royalty has a fancy house, fancy clothes, really good food, a good bloodline. Um, And I think when royalty is working well, they use their high position to reach down and help the the low. I was considering one of the royals. uh, Maybe you watched the Crown series or know Queen Elizabeth, who's been ruling for 60 years. Um, Well, she's known for being very philanthropic. In fact, I read this article. It said, the queen has set an amazing example when it comes to her charitable support, making an enormous difference to millions of people up and down the country, doing more for charity in the last 60 years than probably any other monarch in history. So as royalty, she's using her high position to help those who are low. And this is what I think God calls us to as well. Here's a takeaway. As royalty, use that high position to stoop low in service. Because we don't do it a place where we need to prop ourselves up. We already know where we're going. That fancy house, the new heavens, the new earth. We already know what we're wearing, the fancy clothes of Jesus' righteousness. We already know his gifts so we can stoop the lowest, knowing who we are and the dignity that is already ours. That's what good royalty does. You're royal. But do you know you're also a priest? So welcome to the club. I didn't know that you signed up and, and uh, it's, it's fun to be a pastor. It's fun to be a priest. And we got to talk a little bit then about, well, what does a priest do? Um, I'm reminded of the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, a priest was basically like a, a glorified butcher. Uh, because here was the people, here was God, and the priest stood in the middle. The people would bring sacrifices, dove, goats, bulls. The priest would slaughter it, sprinkle blood, and this would be the sacrifice made towards God. Uh, the most big day for a priest was the Day of Atonement where uh, he would basically transfer the sins of the people onto a goat and they would shove the goat out of the city. Some would say they, they shoved him off a cliff so he could never return and that was a picture of sins going away. So this is what a priest did. He stood in the middle praying for the people, making sacrifices for the people. You're a priest. You have people out there who need to know of the sacrifice. And they don't need to bring bulls and goats and doves, but they need you to hold out the sacrifice that has already come. That sacrifice that was once for all the cross of Jesus, they're relying on you to be the go-between, between God and them. To hold out and to say they've been justified, set free by the sacrifice of Jesus. So as a priest, this is your job. Hold out the great sacrifice Speak to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers. Do you know you have the right to be set free from guilt and shame? Do you know you have the right to be forgiven because of the cross of Jesus? This is being a priest. But sometimes I wonder how good we collectively are at being priests. 
I saw another person who wasn't so good at their job. It was a little ring bearer. Ring bearer had one job to do. I wanted to show you how he was not doing it so well. Quick video. consider though that there's a problem guys because 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 christians are known for acts of kindness i think christians are known for their stances on morality but are we really known for holding out the sacrifice of jesus are we really known for going to people and telling them the significance of the cross i think we've been sleeping in fact some have called the christian church a sleeping giant that we need to wake up to the responsibility that is given us by the title that god gave us because you have not a public ministry, but a personal one, a daily one, to go to many people who don't know and release them from the guilt of sin. To, to have a basic understanding of the gospel that you can share to anyone at any time so that they can be released. You are priests. We are called to hold out this great sacrifice so that many, many more can be set free. But there's one final thing we are today, and it's it's a title of comfort. We're called God's special possession. Special possession. I'm reminded of uh, Lord of the Rings and my precious. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird, so maybe that's not helpful. Um, but, but let's consider, um, I have a possession here. I'm in a fantasy football league, and I won. Uh, so, uh, so this is what I won for being the best, pretty much. And, uh, and so what I do with this possession is I use it as I want to. I, I show it to my family and friends. I, I put it in my office. Sometimes I polish it so it's real nice and shiny, you know. Um, if it's your possession, you hold it, you care for it, you use it as you think it's appropriate. So if you're God's possession, I think it takes the pressure off. This trophy isn't concerned what it has to do. This trophy is just held by me, polished by me, protected by me, used by me. Sometimes we make living for Jesus too hard. You're just held by him. As his possession, you're going to be cared for him. As his possession, you're going to be protected by him. As his possession, he paid a high price to win you. Much more than I did to win this. Dwell in that. Know today that you are the possession of God, and he's a good God who's not going to drop you. He's not going to let you down. He cares for you way more than I could ever care about this or any other possession that I have. It's a great thing. So final point. As his possession, know that you will be cared for and protected by him. Because sometimes when you remember who you are, it informs you of what you are to do. May you know you are royal and a priest in his possession. But may you most of all know that it's Jesus' beauty who is our power. Jesus' salvation, which is our motivation. And so let me pray for you as we close today. We pray. Heavenly Father, first of all, give me peace, knowing that you are my beauty and you are my peace. But Lord, I would love to look like you. 
pour out your spirit upon us so that by beautiful behavior, others might finally praise your name. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.